Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Random questions with random people. Today's random is actually kind of important. Today's random is all about the questions that we've gotten um, me through my platforms and Caden through everyday experience um, as a trans man. And I'm not saying that with incredulousness to Caden. I'm saying that with incredulousness to some of the questions we got. So first, yeah. I want to say, how are you today? So far, so good. Good, good. I'm so glad you're here for a random episode. These are some of my favorites. These ones are fun. <laughs> um, although today's is going to be a little bit different tone. So we'll see how that goes. Um, first, we want to start with the difference between a appropriate question and a very not appropriate question. So we're going to ask the same question in two different phrases and give scenarios. Um, so the inappropriate way to ask this question No, the other one. How do you have sex? That one. Thank you. My brain blanked. Um, that is the inappropriate way. And the correct answer to that is? No, like your answer in general. <laughs> None of your business unless you're interested. <laughs> your answer might also be unless I'm interested. Yeah, and unless I'm interested also, you know. Uh, consent is a thing. And that's really important, especially on this episode. Um, a more appropriate way to ask that, well, honestly, there is none, because if you're wanting to be involved, then you probably have a pretty good idea, and if not, you probably shouldn't be here. Yeah, and if uh, you want to be involved, you will have that conversation, and it will naturally come up instead of you just out of the blue asking how somebody has sex, because yeah. that is uh, yeah. massively inappropriate. <laughs> As far as common questions and appropriate questions, we have a list of those and we're going to tackle them right now. One of the first and most important ones, we need to go over some terminology. Um, we need to go over cis. We need to go over M to F, F to M. And there was one other one we had discussed. A terminology thing. I think Zach asked it originally. Okay, we'll go over the first two. Um, and if we think of the other one, we'll throw it in. If not, it... Can't be so important. You can't Google it. Yeah, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, so cis or so cisgender. Cis or cisgender, uh, basically just means uh, if a person identifies with the sex that they were assigned at birth. So, for example, I would say Maddie is cis because she identifies as female and was assigned female at birth. And I make comments about my boobs all the time because I'm proud of them, and <laughs> you should be too if you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so MTF stands for uh, male to female, which is a way of describing a trans person. So um, especially I, in a medical scenario, and especially in medical scenarios or an yes. emergency. Yes, um, and it can also be used derogatorily, but yes, we kind of want to gloss over that because. This community is generally pretty respectful, and we want to continue that. Yeah, it's just. It's just a label for explanation and used in situations where explanation is necessary and appropriate. Um, and FTM is just the opposite of that. It is female to male. Uh, I would be considered female to male. So, for example, when I go to the hospital or, you know, a doctor's appointment or something, I make them <laughs> damn aware that I was born a female because there are medical conditions and issues that are specifically female um, that I can have that a cis male cannot have that the doctor needs to be aware of could be an issue. 
And um, something else that we didn't address on this episode because we've recorded a lot tonight. Our brains are kind of foggy. This guest is Caden. I refer to them as Kira occasionally. If you want to know more about that, check out any previous episode with this guest. Um, There should be a couple. Uh, And I think we discussed it on all of them so far. So we're going to stop discussing it. Um, And I can't remember the other terms. So we're going to skip that as well. Remember, Google is your friend. Just trust your resources. The Human uh, Rights Campaign has a great glossary for LGBT terms. So not just trans terms, but also just LGBT terms. Perfect. Um, Another, like, kind of important question we should address. um, Are pronouns everything? For some, yes, and for some, no. Uh, like for me specifically, no. I mean, he, she, they, all over the board. You know, I prefer he, and people who meet me nowadays, it is he. Um, but you know, I, by my friends who are non-binary and interact a lot of the times with non-binary people, they sometimes call me they. So you know, I'm I'm not turning my head at that. And you know, sometimes get called she, and that's that's fine. You know, whatever. It's all um, good. Just a word. <laughs> to me, at least. To some people, causes distress, and that's another story. But to me, it doesn't, so. And as somebody who works for the Green Siren, if you know what that means, you know what it means. Um, they have these lovely little things now. They're called uh, pronoun pins, and they're pat- badges that say she, her, he, him, they, them, um, other, um, or ask. Um, and I think that if somebody proudly declares what they want to be called – visibly verbally something like that then we should do our best to respect it if they don't i feel like mistakes are more likely to happen and that's not necessarily your fault and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a landmine it is something that is navigated in on a case-by-case basis a person-by-person basis and um, we shouldn't take things at their face value yeah if somebody tells you to call them something then please by every means call them that you know slip-ups happen slip-up happen but you know make an effort they they will appreciate it they really will and um i know we were talking there's a couple of questions you get often that are good legit honest questions should we tackle some of those first yeah um so uh as was mentioned on a previous uh, podcast episode i am going into the medical field and oh yeah experience um accidentally but we mentioned um and um people like to ask sciencey questions you know they want to know how it works because it's not something you see every day and that's and it's fine. not something that there's a lot of definitive information yeah about. it's there's a lot of misinformation about it too especially and a lot of stereotypes so, oh, as with yeah, everything but, as with everything but, so uh, a lot of people are interested in um how the hormone process works and you know um how do you get hormones and anything relating to hormones kind of really um how do you take them you know all that kind of stuff and um those are questions that i don't personally mind i know some trans people would not like those questions but i don't personally mind them um so the most important in that is what are they what are they so um as a trans man i take testosterone and testosterone is what has allowed me to acquire uh typically biological male sex characteristics, secondary. So I have a beard now, my voice is deep, uh, I have muscles, I am, (laughs) Harry is, (laughs) Harry is about anybody. Um, So, you know, 
I could make a joke, but most of you would not understand without the history. So, <laughs> fair enough. Harry, Harry is a great word times a thousand. Yes. So, um, you know, all of these changes are changes that I wanted to happen and I have loved every second of. So, um, I don't mind talking about them because they're something that I love. I was proud of. I'm proud that this is something my body was capable of doing. And, um, hormones like where they come from i go see an endocrinologist for that they are a uh, hormone specific doctor um they also do other medical conditions but um i see a endocrinologist that is specifically uh works with trans people and her name is dr kristen berenger at metamorphosis clinic in uh, buena park california but she sees people from many many different locations like even from out of the country um and she knows a lot about the process because not a lot about it is known um and that's you know there's questions to be asked and answers to be had so and she works with so many different types of people and yes. also i think she gives pretty good advice if she thinks you're not 100 percent certain or yes. if she knows that you're certain she kind of speeds the process like mm -hmm. she does what she can for each individual situation, from what I've been told. Yes. I know Kira had a phenomenal experience. And she's also a fantastic resource center. She has, oh my goodness, endless lists of resources for top surgeons, letter writing, psychiatrists, psychologists, etc. Um, other doctors, if for whatever reason she feels like this isn't the right, you know, like a doctor patient relationship isn't possible. Like she's just, oh, she's so good. She's so, so good. I love her. Um, she does not, I will mention though, she, I believe, does not accept any insurance, though her appointments are fairly affordable. Um, I pay about $100 an appointment and I only see her twice a year. So, and that's when you've been on hormones for a while. The first year is, I believe, every three to four months. So it is a little bit more cost heavy but if you are further along in the journey um then uh she can pick up your history and probably do a few intake sessions first or not a few intake sessions but a few uh closely timed sessions and then switch you to the six to uh, six to 12 month schedule and another important question on the hormone um conversation is it it's sometimes hard to know if they're right for you but if you are definitively not sure, there are ways to continue to find out before doing anything drastic. Yeah. Um, it's both a safety concern and also an identity concern too. And so. and something to keep in mind, it's not really something that can be undone or, or stopped even. So you have – it's a decision that takes time and takes care and – should not be rushed into at any stage of life. Yeah. Um, but once you're on them or once you're sure, the best way to go about the process and, and being eligible and learning for them is what? Um, I'd say, not that I follow any of this advice, but get eight hours of sleep, eat three good healthy meals a day, and uh, exercise well because um, hormones – to change your body you go through a second puberty and puberty is already very very aggressive on the body um so doing it twice is like you know not Asking ideal 
yeah, it's not ideal. And I have had um, definitely some issues come from transition. Um, my joints, oh, <laughs> my yeah. bones crack all the freaking time because uh, with testosterone, it caused my cartilage to grow a little bit. And there was muscular change. There was tendon change, ligament change. And um, now my right ankle pops about every, I'd say, 15 to 25 seconds if I turn on it wrong. And it doesn't hurt or anything, but this is something to keep in mind. And, um, you know, it's always good to strive for the healthiest, you know, lifestyle, I guess, that you can achieve. Um, And I understand that it's very hard to do that, especially in the throes of like gender dysphoria caused depression and especially with the world still being weird with covid and things like that there are a lot of factors and as we record this we are aware of those factors we just don't have all day to address them all yeah no we we would be quite literally here forever if we hit every moot point (laughs) right um and another really important question about hormones is for somebody who's on the path wants to go that route there are different types there are different methods um can we briefly summarize those so i'll talk more on um trans men than trans women since this is the specific experience i have um but for trans men um there are three main forms of testosterone uh there is an injection form of a synthetic testosterone liquid from a vial um there is a gel which you like you know rub on your shoulders like a lotion and then let dry and then there is a patch which you just kind of slap on like a nicotine patch and um not any one form is shown to work better than the other or worse than the other etc it all depends on the individual um i have personally been on all three um so uh i cycled back to injections for cost reasons because the gel and the patches are much much more expensive um and uh for anyone who is afraid of needles you don't have to be afraid because i am too um i found this auto injector uh you can just look up reusable auto injector online and it will come up i believe it's a diabetic company that will come up but it's still fine. Um, and it makes doing the process so much easier. And I, I still don't even click the button myself because I can't, uh, other people click the button for me, but, um, it makes it easier for me and for them and it works really well. So for anyone who can't access gel or patches for cost reasons or country reasons, or, I think there's also age restrictions for some of them now or in certain places, which I don't agree with. Yeah. But if that's an issue, the, the injections, I believe they're much more easily accessible. Yeah. Um, yes, they're much, much more easily accessible. And cause a lot of insurances will cover the injection form, but they will not cover the gel or patch forms. Um, and that's just, you know, that's, America that we live in currently. That's the America we live in. <laughs> so, uh, oh, I've got an important question. Um, and this is random episodes. We're bouncing around a little and we're broadening the topic a little bit. As we record this, it's late May. It's 2022. There's some shit going on. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> we have some abortion issues. We have some trans issues. We have some gay issues coming to light. Um, and, and I, I just, I want to broaden the spectrum for just a moment. 
and we personally were talking about this, if the way that we see abortion in America changes, it doesn't just affect women born as women, and it doesn't just affect um, female to male who may be pregnant or may have, you know, weird situations or one-offs or, or whatever the case may be. It affects a much larger community. And um, we, we want to briefly address that. Um, I don't know what the larger question is other than how does it affect the community? So this gets into a little tough one. Yeah, this gets into a little bit of legal and legislative stuff and some fun history stuff. But um, the precedent that Roe v. Wade was seen under is considered a privacy precedent uh, and or a privacy issue. My bad. And under that precedent, privacy went in favor of the individual. In the case of Roe v. Wade, women had the right to privately access um, affirming care that they need, such as abortions, birth control, etc., safely. From that privacy precedent came HIPAA laws, and came gay marriage, and came interracial marriage, and all of these other things that in the United States have been around for varying amounts of times but have been around one of which is trans people's access to health care um uh, specifically affirming affirming health care yes as opposed to any of that yes other like just general healthizations and, yes. and the the really dark side of things yes. which there is one we're not gonna spend a lot of time on it but just like everything there's a good there is a bad and there is a completely 100% neutral. Yeah. So um, under this issue, it could limit or completely Eradicate. prohibit um, a trans person's access to gender affirming care, such as hormones, surgeries, um, anything, really, even uh, mental health care, because um, gender dysphoria is a DSM-5 diagnosis and is something that can be discussed and worked on in therapy, especially uh, with comorbidity, with depression and anxiety uh, in trans people in the LGBT community in general being so high. Um, so it restricts access and it makes it dangerous in a way um, because if HIPAA laws get taken away and you do go talk to doctors about this, they could become witnesses on your own trial in a way um and that's not how healthcare should be it is i think it's absolutely disgusting that roe v wade is even being freaking seen Questioned. again um it should have been stamped in the book and plated in gold because it's that solid but and and if you're listening to this and you're not an lgbt community um, I know there's a billion different acronyms right now, yes, which is fabulous, but we're summarizing it as simply as we can for the sake of time, conversation, and tongue-tiedness. Um, if, if you're not and you don't know anyone in this community, that doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. Um, something that I really wanted to make time for on this random questions episode was the importance that if we look at where America is today, we look at where America was 20 years ago and 50 years ago there are only so many ways we've moved forward and in so many more we've moved backwards yeah or we've moved in a big loop-de-loop -loop and somehow ended up in the same damn place somehow like like 
Um, it doesn't matter who you are, what you believe, where the fuck you live. Certain things are rights of being human. Yeah. Regardless of gender, culture, money, anything. Um, and personally, I am disgusted that we are living in an era where abortion is being questioned, trans lives are being risked, misunderstood, and lost so easily. Um, more on that, all you have to do is Google trans history. <laughs> yep. Um, and I think that as disgusting as it is, creating things from our perspective, sharing our stories, using our voices, um, making an impact in our own communities is all we can do, regardless of whether or not we agree. Um, but one thing that we should all agree on as humans is that we are humans. Um, and we deserve respect for however we decide to use our bodies, our minds, and our abilities so long as no harm comes from it. And I feel like while people will classify abortion as harm, um, having a birth can do just as much harm. More. Or more, yes. Yeah. And I think the same thing comes when we're talking about whether or not someone has access to trans... Uh, like affirming care. Affirming care. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Again, we've recorded a lot of episodes tonight. It does more harm than good to stop people from accessing hormones and surgeries, point blank. And not to keep this short, but so much of this can be researched on your own. Your opinions can be formed. Your voices can be heard. You are welcome to disagree with us, but fuck you. Um, and... I've got one more question for you, and we're going to end on a better note. Um, I get this question a lot, and I'm really, really curious. How does the idea of sexism, feminism, um, which where they overlap, how does that um, intersect? In, in, intersect. Intersect, okay. thank you, with or coincide. That's where I was going, okay. but the same thing with the idea of trans masculinity, femininity, individuality. Alrighty. So, um, and I feel like this one is much more positive, even though yeah. it also has a darker side. We can yeah. focus on the no, positive. No, I'm just trying to think how best to phrase it. Oh no, I was filling um, them in while you thought, cause we kind of chatted about this again. Um, we did so much research for these episodes, you guys, and yeah. we did so much chatting um, and we we went through all your fucking questions. Not that they're not good questions, but there were a lot of them. Yes. And we really needed to know what to address, how to address it, and and what appropriate ways to do so are. Um, and again, while Kira's thinking, um, we're going to reiterate, Kira is not the same as a dead name. It's a nickname. Um, in this case, we're going to reiterate that this is just one perspective because this is somebody who's willing to stare sell their soul online um and you know um this is this is all we can offer you because this is all we know sell my soul for pizza <laughs> but i got you if you want pizza facts um, um so yeah how do how do these things connect yeah so for a lot of people um 
uh, a lot of uh, feminism pushes back against gender roles. The idea that, you know, women are inherently the maternal homemakers that have to, you know, coddle and take care of their man and blah, 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 whatever. Um, Which there's a time and a place for that. Yeah, of course, you know. Everyone wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel loved, but, you know, <laughs> it's not a woman's duty exactly. to love it's a their choice. man. It's a choice. So, We're not tethered um, to you. Fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> so um, for um, trans people, specifically in my case, um, gender roles were not something that were forced or pushed. Um, they were more of a suggestion than anything. Um, and that kind of revolting against that and, you know, not feeling connected to that was what led me to, you know, kind of questioning am I trans or not um or you know what's going on um and um I feel like it intersects in more ways as well because um the LGBT community kind of as a whole um there's a lot of stereotypes that get bounced around and there's a lot of stereotypes about women that get bounced around that are just socially accepted you know you see somebody wearing something maybe a little bit more risky and a lot of people will assume that they want attention and, you know, they want, you know, all these advances and not that, always the case, not always the case. Sometimes um, it's 110 degrees outside. Exactly. Sometimes, you know, you just want to feel good. Yeah. So, um, it intersects in the way that stereotypes are something that are harmful and that is definitely pushed back against, um, and I mean, it's great to have a community as well. I feel like um, the feminism movement for women uh, specifically is a kind of safe haven movement where, you know, if you're with somebody who identifies, you know, kind of anywhere on the spectrum of feminism, that you're safer than with someone not. So um, same with the LGBT community, you know, in the community, when you're with somebody who is LGBT or an ally, you know that you're safer than with somebody who is not. And I feel like that is a, the pinnacle of why we have Learning to Fly and the Sincerely Blue Jay communities, because everybody belongs. Um, we all have our disagreements, we all have our agreements, but everybody belongs. Um, this has been a very important episode of Random Questions with Random People. Um, hopefully by now, Kira is not so random to you. <laughs> Um, but that's the thing. It's been a great Wednesday. Keep the randomness up. Keep the inspiration going. Have these great conversations and we'll see you again tomorrow.